0: Parents Rights Now, a production of Parents Rights in Education, hosted by Suzanne Gallagher. We are committed to valuing students, empowering parents, and supporting communities to secure great educations for public school children in America. PRE welcomes all students, families, and community members who care about scholastic success for K-12 Public school students. Visit our website, ParentsRightsInEd.org, and like us on Facebook. Our chapters include Alaska, Arizona, Colorado, Idaho, Illinois, Maine, Montana, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Texas, Virginia, Washington State, Wisconsin, and something new Australia. Join us by filling out the form on our website titled, Join Us. You will find information regarding issues and information about local and state chapters. Hey guys, today is Thursday, May 26th, and it was only two days ago we first learned of the tragedy in the state of Texas. That small town, Uvalde has been shaken but not only they have been shaken every single parent with a child in school especially public school of course is beside themselves thinking about the possibility of that happening what would they do how would they feel in this same situation we put out a meme Um, and posted it on our Facebook groups where people are highly engaged in what's going on. And the meme reads this way. We all grieve and weep with the Uvalde ISD Texas families. With all the hurt, loneliness, and loss during the past two years, no words can express the tragedy of losing a child. What we meant by that was life itself takes first position, doesn't it? Physical life takes first position. And you and I try to understand the unbelievable realization that these parents have have to deal with. And we, we, we can try to empathize, but we honestly can't know what it's like unless you've lost a child to a tragedy like this. I mean, violence. We also stated this, that no mom or dad can follow this story without grabbing their own children tightly. And with all the problems that parents are dealing with related to K-12 education, Job number one of our public schools is to keep our children safe. Now the following days will reveal more information and Parents' Rights in Education will be watching and commenting. Most of the discussion related to this event, uh, most of the discussion and response uh, has been from the left uh, they want to, you know make the case that this, you know this is all about guns and about guns being pointed at other people, but who points those guns? People point them. People hold them. People put ammunition in the guns and they point them at other people. And in this case, it was a fellow former student, an 18 year old student, who pointed the gun and we are reserving comment on the shooting and what needs to, to take place to stop this from happening again. And it it may happen again. We cannot stop people from doing bad things, evil things. Ultimately we can't as a country, unless we, put everybody in their house and lock the door. That's not going to happen because evil does exist in our communities. What we need to do though is change policies uh, within school systems that will make it more difficult for these kinds of people to enter our schools, period. But we need more information, so we're going to reserve comments until all the facts are in. Okay. Lots of other things going on in Texas. I want to bring you up to date um, with uh, what's happening in our various states that that are members of our organization. And um, we we have a new member and that is uh, New York State. So we're excited about that. A woman contacted us just a couple days ago. She is the mother of a first grader. She has tried making an impression upon her school district by contacting the school board, teachers, administrators, and asking them to remove a book that they are using uh, to teach children about being activists. We also have a situation in Idaho uh, pertaining to a new curriculum called Sources of Strength. They have great names for these, don't they? And then we have some very positive things happening in the state of Texas that maybe you haven't heard about. So here's an update. Texas Association of School Boards to Leave National Organization. More than 20 states have already made plans to leave the national organization. After a letter was sent to the Justice Department labeling parents as domestic terrorists, Texas is fighting back. The Texas Association of School Boards is set to leave its parent organization, the National School Board Association, according to the records obtained by the Texas Scorecard, who uh, presented this article. The National School Board Association, and we'll call it the NSBA, made headlines last year following their letter to President Joe Biden and the U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland, requesting federal intervention in local school board meetings and referring to concerned parents as domestic terrorists. It has since been revealed that the NSBA leadership urged the Biden administration to deploy military forces in an effort to prevent parents from attending school board meetings. Since then, parents have been calling on the state organization the Texas Association of School Boards, to leave the organization as much more than 20 states already have. Texas, however, had been a holdout until now. According to an email sent to the school board members on Monday night and obtained by the Texas scorecard, this is what they said. Within the next hour, TASB, will announce that we will leave the National School Board Association. This decision was made by our Board of Directors following NSBA's release of an independent investigation report on Friday, May 20th. This report discloses new details about the development of the NSBA September 29th letter to the Biden administration and highlights operational practices and a lack of internal controls and processes at NSBA that do not align with our commitment to excellent governance. As you know, TASB has been monitoring carefully NSBA's efforts to rebuild trust with its members over the past eight months and awaiting the release of its independent investigation into the September 29th letter. While we acknowledge that improvements have been made under NSBA's new leadership, it is clear that those efforts don't go far enough at this time to overcome the operational deficiencies and lack of internal controls outlined in the investigation report. Of course, it is our hope that someday, state school board associations across the nation can once again be united in our advocacy efforts on behalf of U.S. public school students. Until then, our singular focus is ensuring Texas continues to have a strong voice and presence in Washington, D.C. moving forward. As always, TASB is focused on supporting its members and the advancement of their advocacy agenda, both here in Austin and at our nation's capital. And lastly, we have asked NSBA to allow Texas trustees who wish to continue to participate in NSBA sponsored conferences or events, but as individuals, trustees and individuals' boards rather than state association members, the ability to do so. We've been assured by NSBA Executive Director John Heim that this courtesy will be extended. Should you have any questions, please let me know sincerely. Dan Troxell, Executive Director. That article appeared May 23rd, but earlier on May 18th, there was another incredible situation that took place pertaining to a school board in the state of Texas. The headline reads, McKinney School Board President sued for squelching free speech. Amy told the board Tuesday, quote, I admit I got into the gray area a little bit on that. Hmm. In another action-packed school board meeting in McKinney, the board president was served with a lawsuit for suppressing the free speech rights of citizens who disagree with her policy. Civil rights attorney Paul Davis served Amy Dankel, president of McKinney Independent School District Board of Trustees, during the public comments portion of Tuesday night's meeting. Boy, I wish I'd been there. Quote, your outrageous display of tyranny in how you trampled on the rights of the public at the last meeting was shocking, he said. I've never seen anything like it, unquote. In recent months, McKinney ISD school board meetings have featured a heavy police presence. On several occasions, police officers ejected citizens at Dankel's direction. For failing to observe her rules of decorum during public comment. Davis said Tuesday that Dankel's rules placed an unconstitutional restraint on First Amendment rights by disallowing signs, clapping, and comments. He also says Dankel enforced her rules unequally. She directed police to physically remove people who were wearing green. Supporters of conservative trustee Chad Green, who Denkel is trying to oust from the board. Wow. <laughs> Quote, those same rules were not applied to people wearing blue, Davis said, referring to Dankle supporters. For that, we have filed a civil rights lawsuit against you, unquote. Kevin Witt is one of the plaintiffs in the lawsuit. During last month's school board meeting, the pro-family activists spoke against the district's failure to proactively identify and remove sexually explicit books found in students' libraries, a contentious topic in McKinney and other districts across the state. Not only across the state, guys, but across the country since last year. Later in that meeting, Witt was dragged out by City of McKinney police officers for uttering a single word Quote, disgusting, and quote, after a local mom finished comments that included excerpts from one of the explicit books. You just read from the book and you'd be censored. But yet they're reading them to our minor children, right? Hmm. Other citizens at that meeting were forcibly ejected by police at Dankel's direction for clapping. The incidents were captured on multiple cell phone videos and posted online. Yeah, you know, they just, they're not going to learn because we have a phone. Quote, I showed up, but I wasn't allowed to go in. He said Tuesday, before I could even get out of my car, the police officer came to my car and gave me a criminal trespass citation, unquote. The lawsuit also names four McKinney police officers who participated in physically removing people from the April 26th meeting. And it goes on. What's the bottom line? For months, Dankel and other trustees besides Green, along with Superintendent Rick McDaniel, have downplayed parents' concerns about the f- harmful effects of sexually explicit materials on minor children and admonished parents to follow the district's time consuming book challenge policies and procedures. They've also conflated challenges to graphic sex and other adult content. With objections based on general subject matter. You know, they could just do what they often do with other business where they table it. They could have said, we will suspend the use of those books until we figure it out. But oh no, they didn't. Parents say they shouldn't have jumped through the hoops to get obscene material out of their taxpayer-funded school libraries. They point out how other districts have followed state-approved policies to remove books that administrators find to be, quote, pervasively vulgar, unquote, or educationally unsuitable. McKinney citizens have become increasingly frustrated by what they perceive as Dankle and other board members' failure to listen to them. And they took action. Dankel acknowledged at the start of Tuesday's meeting that she received questions about freedom of speech after last month's meeting. Quote, I will try to be fair. I admit I got into the gray area a little bit on that. So this week I received an inquiry from the mother of a first grader in New York City, all on the subject, you guys, of books school boards, parents, and who has the final say? She says, I'm a parent of a first grader at PS 158. And in conjunction with other parents, I was compelled to write this letter of grievance in response to the school administration introducing a book called Our Skin to our young children. And the administration's unjustified refusal to meaningfully discuss such an important topic with parents. They didn't want to even talk about it. While there is merit in teaching children equality education, especially at such a young age, should be free of political agenda in compelling the children to activism. Yeah, they want to activate our kids, don't they? We know that. She goes on. The book is filled with so much shaming and significant inaccuracies that puts all people of color into one category as if they are not individuals. It effectively calls all white people racist and achieves the opposite result of what the school should be teaching our children. In an article published in Capital Tonight on June 17th, 2021, the Chancellor of of the New York State Board of Regents, Lester Young, was quoted as saying, quote, critical race theory is not our theory of action, unquote. Wow, how many times have we heard that from our school districts? Oh, we're not teaching critical race theory. The article provides that, quote, Young also said that CRT is not taught in K-12 schools in New York State, and we are not preparing young people to be activists, unquote. However, the curriculum at PS 158, and the book Our Skin in particular, runs contrary to the stated position of the New York City Board of Regents. Well, they do contradict themselves, don't they? She goes on. This is an excellent letter from a parent. Just so you understand why there was a significant backlash when this book was introduced to the parents during school meetings in which parents were not permitted to speak, here are some quotes taken directly from the book. Quote, a long time ago, way before you were born, a group of white people made up an idea called race. They sorted people by skin color and said that white people were better, smarter, prettier, and that they deserve more than everybody else, unquote. That was page 12. The book continues to say that it is not true or fair at all, but such a treatment plants a seed in the child's mind that white people are not fair. Lacking any sensible explanation, a young child could comprehend. This quote is substantially shaming a particular race they call white people. Just to take it a little bit further, let's uh, look at a quote that supposedly defines racism while being racist in its own definition. (laughs) That's on page 13 quote, racism is also the things people do and the unfair rules they make about race so that white people get more power and are treated better than everybody else. Racism happens in lots of big and small ways. It's all around us, even if we don't always notice it, unquote. This creates a stereotype and categorically puts all white people into a single group of all being racist. And she continues, To make very analytic and accurate analysis of what this book is teaching, and it is Marxist and it is teaching critical race theory and it is dividing students. She states, It is absurd to describe racism to children while singling out a particular race. The definition in the book is racist, shows an inherent prejudice and and of itself should have no place in public education funded by taxpayers. So in spite of the chancellor's declaration that New York City is not teaching activism, first graders are being taught activism. This is what the book states, quote, All the time, even right now, people are working for racial justice by telling the truth and sharing feelings, by treating people the way they want to be treated, by marching in protest, by singing songs that bring us together, By changing unfair rules, by teaching, helping, learning, and listening, we can do it too, Young children learn more by watching what you do than from what you say about your beliefs. Racism is baked into the culture of the United States. In order to undo this system, we must actively participate in anti-racist efforts, There are so many different ways to get involved. Brainstorm ideas together and start small in your community. For more ideas on ways to empower activism in young children, visit our website. Oh my goodness. And the website is firstconversations.com, which in turn is a site promoting the sale of the book. A public school should not be supporting a private commercial venture. And she's exactly right. We are so excited to be working with our new partner in New York City. Uh, she continues on. I'm not going to finish the rest of her her analysis, but she's exactly right. And she talks about um, the country that she grew up in. She says this, parents have a right to be allowed to speak in their children's school administration and should not be silenced, which they are doing in that school district. They're not being allowed to speak uh, during the Zoom calls that they call school board meetings. This is a public school, taxpayer funded, and should not be permitted to completely shut down open discussion about our schools, about our children's education. The school should be required to abide by the federal and state constitutions and basic principles of allowing parents to speak about concerns they have regarding their children's education. Such conduct reminds me of the country I grew up in with a totalitarian regime where one was not allowed to speak freely. The authoritarianism or totalitarianism the U.S. Supreme Court said is unconstitutional. Public Officers, PBO, Chapter 47, Article 7, Item 103, is known as the Open Meetings Law, except uh, Public School 158 has a total disregard for it. She's right, the Open Meetings Law. This school board, this school district can be sued. The New York City Board of Regents publishes many statements about civic readiness, including, quote, demonstrate respect for the rights of others in discussions and classroom debates and how to respectfully disagree with other viewpoints and provide evidence for a counter arrangement, quote. Something Public School 158 feels does not apply to them as these children are very young and the rights of others in discussions equally applies to the parents of these very young children. They want to teach respect of others, yet show total disdain for the viewpoints of the parents of these young children when it suits their own political agenda. And she encourages the district by saying, please take action to require this school's administration to immediately set up a forum and allow for public discourse. So, Our Parents' Rights in Education, New Chapter Leader, all she's asking is for public discourse. All she's asking is for her understanding of the open meetings law, stating that people have the right to voice their opinion. They have a right to have equal opportunity to have a say about their child's Education. They have a right, according to the Supreme Court, which has been substantiated five times in rulings. Five times. The Supreme Court has ruled that parents do have a right to be involved in the education of their children, and especially a public school. Welcome, New York. Parents' Rights in Education. This is Parents' Rights Now. Please check your show notes for links pertinent to this podcast. Oh, and one last thing. It would be so, so great if you could help us out financially as well. You know, we have ongoing expenses every month and we're growing, growing like crazy. And uh, we do give assistance to all of our chapters. They can uh, ask people in their various states to contribute, so you might want to consider that. If there is a chapter in your state, uh, you can indicate that you prefer for the money to go directly to the state. And Pre keeps 20% of that and 80% goes to the chapters to help them with their expenses for printing, etc. A lot of them are putting on events. We encourage them to do that, and so this helps them to grow and to take action. And, uh, just go to the donate page on our website, parentsrightsanded.org. Thanks so much.